You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of our podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Friday of Lions Week, Monday Night Football, Packers-Lions at Lambeau Field in prime time. And I know the Friday show is is supposed to be about injuries and trying to get everyone up to speed on last minute things before the game. But with the extra day and with a lot going on, I wanted to start somewhere else. In his press conference on Friday, Mike McCarthy was was asked a question about Blake Martinez. And in doing that, he brings up the play of Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark and how well they're they're playing and how that helps Blake Martinez. But then he says something interesting. He talks about the individual success of this defense to this point in the season. And he he praises some of the individuals. He doesn't speak specifically about who he's talking about, but he says, you know, the individual success has been there, the team success has not. Here's the clip. You know, we have some outstanding uh, individual performances going on. Uh, over seven games, but you know our unit statistics and production performance is, is not what it can be. So uh, it's not only what can you do for yourself, but what are you doing to make the guy next to you better? So, and the reason I bring this up is simple. There are two reasons why you fail as a team in the NFL. Number one, your players aren't good enough or don't play well enough. That's sort of one one reason encapsulated in, in what is essentially two parts, but it's one reason, your players, right? And then number two, your coaches. And so when McCarthy says we're having some individual success, but the defense isn't playing well, what he is saying, whether wittingly or not, is the coaching staff is not doing its job up to par. The defensive scheme is not what it needs to be. And this is this is something that is not going to surprise Packer fans. It's certainly not, not surprising to me. I've written about it for months and years. The shortcomings. There was an excellent piece on Acme Packing Company on Thursday about how Dom Capers is coaching uh, a defense that is really playing the kind of defense that it wants to play, but he's coaching for a league that doesn't exist, a set of offenses that doesn't exist anymore. And... As a result, the defense isn't being effective because it's not mitigating the kinds of things that modern NFL offenses are trying to do. It relies too much on turnovers and not enough on getting stops. It relies too much on mitigating big plays when most NFL offenses are just looking to move the chains. So there's a disconnect there. And so when McCarthy says the individuals are having success, what he's saying is we have good players, but the defense isn't playing well as a whole. Well, when... The sum of the parts is greater than the whole. That is a coaching problem. There is no other explanation than there is a coaching problem. Or your deficiencies are so great at the other positions 
that it cannot mask all of this other talent that you have on your defense. And that's just not true. When Quentin Rollins was playing heavy snaps, maybe. When this defense a couple years ago was slow and heavy-footed and unathletic, maybe. But that's not what's happening anymore. The entire front four, and if you include Blake Martinez, the front five, so Blake Martinez, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Kenny Clark, and Mike Daniels, they are playing at a Pro Bowl level when they're when they're healthy in Nick Perry's uh, in Nick Perry's case. Devon House has been outstanding when he's been on the field. Demarius Randall, the last three or four games, has really stepped up his level of play in the slot. That's more than half the defense. Haha, Clinton Dix has not played at the Pro Bowl level he was playing at last year, especially not in the last few games, but he is still a very high-quality player and above-average safety. Josh Jones is not making the kind of splash plays that he was when he first came on the scene as a starter, but he has been excellent in man coverage, and he's he has flown around. Now, they get Morgan Burnett back this week. He's practicing on a limited basis. Right now, he looks on track to play Monday. This defense is too talented to be as poor as it is. And and one of the things that I should point out, and I've been I've been trying to say this to um, fans on Twitter and and on the show, the defense isn't terrible. It's a below average defense, but it's not. It is not the the complete disaster that fans have said that it is. They are not the thirty first ranked defense or thirty second ranked defense. They are not one of the five worst passing defenses in football. They're not getting gashed on the ground. I mean, this is not a defense that is playing horribly. It's just not playing up to its talent. And and before we move on, I want to bring up one other uh, little point, and that is Mike McCarthy also discussed the importance of the safety position. And, and this is timely given that the Packers are getting Morgan Burnett back this week. But... He called the safety position a a premier position in the NFL now and and talked about the importance of the safeties playing well. Here's what he said. I think the safety position has become a primary position on defense in the National Football League, really with the rule changes, the matchups, stress points that are going on, particularly probably the last five years. Uh, I think schematically the the stress of athletes in space has gone way up. Uh, The the rule changes have, have heightened the... Uh, and this is all my opinion, uh, the opportunity uh, to create, you know, more big play opportunities with, with space plays, you know, receivers running across the, the middle freely and, and things like that. So um, we're very fortunate that our, our safety group is extremely deep and a number of those guys are, are multiple position players. And it, it's a it's very important to have those guys. You know, Morgan Burnett, uh, I think, is – the example that I always look for, you know, there's times where he's, you know, he's played four positions on our defense. And, and so this is why if you're the Packers, you go out and you use a high pick on Josh Jones. I understand they let Micah Hyde leave and he is, he is leading the league in interceptions and is a pro bowl player this year. He is much better as a safety than the hybrid nickel corner safety than that the Packers used him. And he was not going to get to play in the kind of position where he's succeeding in Buffalo in Green Bay. Not with HaHa Clinton Dix and Morgan Burnett. But the Packers created a defensive formation group to take advantage of the fact that they have this glut of safeties, that they have Burnett and Jones and, and Dix. And that's going to be important this week. Because the Lions use Theo Reddick extensively in the passing game. They split him out wide. That's going to be Josh Jones this week. 
He has been excellent in man coverage against tight ends, against backs. They're going to say, Josh, that guy's yours. The Gary Ellerson cat defense. You got that cat. And all of that becomes more important now that Kentrell Bryce has gone to IR. The Packers put Kentrell Bryce on IR on Friday, which means their safety group moving forward, Morgan Burnett, HaHa Clinton Dix, Josh Jones, and Marwin Evans. And they have to feel comfortable enough with that group because that's what they got. And if the Packers are going to win, their safeties are going to have to play well in this game because the Lions want to get their running backs involved. They're going to take shots down the field, so Green Bay is going to have to give help with Burnett and HaHa Clinton Dix. And this is the perfect week to prove McCarthy right because the safeties on this team are supposed to be a strength. They are a strength. And so now it's time to go show it. I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. Go to the iTunes page for Locked on Packers. Leave your name and a review. Rate the podcast. And if you put your Twitter handle in your review, you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That means access to player grades, snap counts, position ranks, fantasy projections, tools, charts, NFL draft coverage, DFS coverage, NFL draft content. We're not quite to NFL draft season if you're a Packers fan, maybe if you're a Browns fan. But that's all there for you if you win the Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. And you can only win it if you enter, which means going to iTunes, leaving a review, and putting your name and Twitter handle in the review. There was a little bit of a good news, bad news this week with the outside linebacker position. And really, good news, good news, bad news. The first good news is Nick Perry, full participant. It seems like early in the week that was either rest or just precautionary that that he was not participating. He is working his way back to full health from the hand injury, and he's continued to be effective. He has continued to be an excellent run defender. He's continued to push pockets and, and create pressure on opposing quarterbacks, despite the fact that he's playing with one and a half hands. He was playing with legitimately a hand and a club earlier in the season. But... Ahmad Brooks is hurt. That's the bad news. Again, hasn't practiced this week. The back injury appears to be relatively serious. We don't know how much longer he's going to be out. But the Packers did activate Vince Beagle, the rookie from Wisconsin, who who is coming back from a foot injury. And I, I don't think you should expect to see a lot of Vince Beagle on defense on Monday night. But he will play, in part because he just has to. Because they're going to play some 4 3 they're going to play a little bit with Clay as, as the off-ball linebacker, so they're going to need a pass rusher opposite. And whether that's Nick Perry or Kyler Fackrell, Vince Beagle is going to have to come in in sub-situations. They love to rotate their outside linebackers. And so we talked about it a little bit yesterday. How many snaps is he going to get? Ahmad Brooks has played 21% of snaps so far this season. If he played 21% of snaps on Sunday, that's probably 10, 15 maybe 20 snaps depending on on uh, how many snaps the Lions run, but that seems right. They're going to ease him in. They'll probably give him some run in, in some of the, the NASCAR packages where they load up linebackers, but he's going to be mostly there on special teams, and that's fine. But the pass rush is going to be important for the Packers in this game. The Lions are 26th in adjusted sack rate offensively, which means they're one of the worst teams in the league giving up pressure. Matthew Stafford has been under pressure constantly over the course of the season. They played played pretty well against the Steelers' front, and that was with a fourth-string left tackle. But Ricky Wagner has not been the player that they paid him to be. The offensive line has problems. It has holes. And so that has to be something that Green Bay exploits. 
The Detroit cannot run the football. They're just not a good running team. And so if Green Bay can stop the run from their Nitro package, th- this is not going to be a game where you're going to see a lot of Jake Ryan. Because they just don't need him. They need Josh Jones on the field. But they are going to need the pass rushers. They are going to need Vince Beagle. If not now, at some point in the future. Which means they have to, they have to give him some live reps. And he'll get them. Because Kyler Fackrell just isn't good enough. Packer fans know that. The coaches, I assume the coaches in Green Bay know that too. He just hasn't been a factor. He's gotten some nice cleanup plays where where Mike Daniels or Kenny Clark will do all the work and Kyler Fackrell will just sort of stand there and be the beneficiary of it. He plays hard. He chases hard. He seems to be a smart guy. But he's old. He's not athletic. And he hasn't been productive in his time in Green Bay. Like It's just time to, it's time to move on. He can play special teams. That's nice. Vince Beagle needs to get a chance because he can rush the passer. He's got some juice. He's got some quick twitch ability. He can make slow-footed offensive tackles look bad. And we're going to see him. And he's going to get his chance to prove that. He's going to get his chance to make this defense better, which is something this defense needs. They have to be able to create pressure without getting exotic in the back end because that's when they get in trouble. That's when they blow coverages. That's when they let guys run free. That's when they're playing soft zone. No. You have to create the pressure with four, make Matthew Stafford, make quick decisions, and get the ball out of his hands. He he took some more shots downfield against Pittsburgh than we're used to seeing this season because they've been mostly a dink and dunk offense under Jim Bob Cooter. But the, the Steelers played two deep safeties and said, okay, you're going to have to drive the ball eight, 10, 12 plays, which is sort of the Packers' MO. But Matthew Stafford has the arm talent to make the throws on the outside, where those the cover two shot plays are in between where the corner is and the safety can get to on the sidelines. There's a little bit. So in, in cover two, the corners are going to press on the outside. They're going to bail a little bit with the receivers. And then the expectation is the safeties have to get to the outside to take away those sideline throws. And Matthew Stafford made those throws consistently against a good group of safeties for Pittsburgh. He has the arm talent to make those throws. And so whether Green Bay decides to play too deep and keep everything in front or slide Morgan Burnett into the box with Josh Jones, which I, by the way, love that idea, and say, we're going to take away everything underneath, we dare you to beat us over the top. And I understand that's anathema to Dom Capers. He does not want to do that. But that, that to me, is the way that you attack this Lions offense. Make them try and make plays down the field because they don't want to do that. That's not how this offense is built. The Steelers said, we're going to let you have some dink and dunks and we're going to play cover two and two deep safeties. But the Lions said, okay, well, we're going to take, we're going to, we're going to flip that on you and we're going to take our shots down the sidelines. And maybe instead of cover two, they play quarters. Maybe they play man. We don't know. And this is, this is part of the problem with Dom Capers. If you're a a fan is you, you rarely know what you're going to get, whether it's how the defense is going to play or, or what coverages they're going to be in or what they're going to be doing. You just never know. You never know. And sometimes, even even during the game, you're going, "What are they doing? I don't I don't understand it." I mean, more than once against New Orleans, I'm watching the game, I'm watching the game back, and looking at what the secondary is doing, and I'm I'm understanding. Okay, they're trying to they're trying to play trap coverage. They're trying to trick Drew Brees. You're not going to trick Drew Brees, so stop trying. Let these corners cover. Let Josh Jones cover. Let Morgan Burnett cover, and let Ha Ha Clinton Dix erase mistakes in the back end. And bringing it back to Vince Beagle, 
you have to be able to create pressure. You have to be able to get pressure with four or five without getting too fancy. They'd love to run those those double A-gap blitzes. I can't remember the last time they worked. Teams seem to know they're coming. They block them up, and, and they're able to get plays down the field because the Packers have left themselves vulnerable to that. You have an extra day this week, so check out Locked On Lions for their perspective on facing this Packers team. Plus, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the MVP favorite in the MVP right now. Make sure you're listening to Locked On Bucks for the latest in Milwaukee basketball. One injury that popped up during the week is Martellus Bennett has, is dealing with a shoulder injury. That happened on Tuesday. He didn't practice on Friday. It looked like he is sort of a long shot to play on Monday, which means more Lance Kendricks. Kendricks and Richard Rodgers in two tight end sets. They're not going to go to the three tight end sets, which is fine with me, frankly. But if you've been listening to this show for more than three days, you know that I think Lance Kendricks needs to be a bigger part of this offense. At this point in his career, he is clearly the more athletic move tight end. He is potentially the bigger threat down the seam in this offense. So let him go out and play. You brought him in. Let him play. The one place that that the Packers will miss Martellus Bennett most is in the run game. Luckily for them, David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga are healthy. They're practicing this week. Lane Taylor's practicing this week. They shouldn't need to use Martellus Bennett as as an additional pass blocker because the Lions struggle to rush the passer. They've created turnovers by being aggressive, by playing in your face. On the back end, they take risks. But it hasn't been because their front four is dominant. It hasn't been. Now, they've been excellent against the run. And they were excellent against Le'Veon Bell. So the Packers, Brett Hundley is going to have to, he's going to have to make plays in this game. And one of the ways you can do that is by getting your mismatches with a move tight end, with a tight end who can run. And Lance Kendricks can do that. I think you're going to see the Packers spread out with three wide receivers and Lance Kendricks as the fourth. He's not as athletic as, as say, Jermichael Finley in his prime. He might not even be as athletic as Martellus Bennett in his prime, but Martellus Bennett is not in his prime. He is well past. In fact, he understands that and is said he's going to retire at the end of the season. There have already been questions about his commitment to this team, which you know, I don't. I'm not there. I'm not. I'm not in the locker room. I can't speak to that. I, I don't think it's fair for me to speculate about that. I will say I understand why fans are wondering. A week after he says he's retiring, he is injured and not practicing, and that is a week after Aaron Rodgers breaks his collarbone and is potentially out for the year. I understand the connecting of dots there. I don't. That's not a wild conspiracy to me. I think there's no question that Aaron Rodgers' injury played into the decision-making of Martellus Bennett to retire. He looked around and said, why am I doing this? Why am I putting my body on the line with no chance to win the Super Bowl? I don't want to do this anymore. I think that snaps your reality into focus pretty quickly. It's why a lot of guys retire rather than play on a bad team. Ask Calvin Johnson. But the Packers need to get more production out of their tight ends, especially with Brett Hundley at quarterback, because they play too much with two tight end sets to not get more production from them in the passing game. If you go too tight end and you can't or won't throw to your tight ends, that makes life very easy for defenses because they only have to cover two receivers and they think you're probably going to run the ball. That makes life pretty easy if you're a defense. So the Packers have to start creating with their tight ends and Lance Kendricks is capable of doing that. He is he is a more than capable pass catching tight end. We saw that he's had, he has had one big play this year, but that was the flash of what his athletic potential is. 
let him go make plays. The last thing is Jason Spriggs was activated off the IR this week. He's, he's able to practice. If he plays again and has to start, that's a problem. But this is important development for, for Jason Spriggs. As a rookie, he played well at guard at times. And the Packers need him to develop. They need him to develop further than he has to this point. One of the reasons why you draft a 21-year-old is the understanding that there is upside here and he's going to need time to develop. He's still only 23, won't be 24 until May. So last year, his rookie season, you have to you have to understand there's going to be some bumps along the way. And you could you could say that this year is his de facto rookie season. He's 23. That's how a lot of rookies are in their rookie season. And he struggled at at tackle. Struggled in the preseason and struggled when he had to play in the game. But he has the athletic potential. He has the ability, and the Packers have a very good offensive line coach. James Campen has done excellent work with offensive linemen in the past. So it's a nice help for your depth moving forward. And it also leaves the second IR boomerang spot available for someone else. We don't know who, but someone else. Jason Spriggs needs this development time. He needs the practice time. And frankly, he needs more game reps. Now, for the Packers' sake, they don't want him playing. For this season, at least. The Packers lose a bunch of games between now and the end of the year. Maybe you, maybe you do sit David Bakhtiari or Brian Bulaga and say, all right, Jason, let's see what you got. Maybe you do that. But if you're a Packers fan or, or a coach or a player, you have to hope that, that it doesn't come to that. You hope they win on Monday. It's, it's easy to forget if the Packers win on Monday, they're 5-3, and three, they're a game out of first place in the NFC. And if the season ended right now, this minute, they'd be in the playoffs. This team can and should win Monday. I've said it all week. They should win on Monday. I don't know that they will, but they should. That's how we have to treat every week moving forward. They should win this week. They should win next week. They do that. Hey, they're 6-3. and three. 10 wins is... is well within reach. Still is. They were winning for more than half of the Saints game. They created two turnovers and lost. They rushed for over six yards a carry and lost against heavy boxes. There was pl- If you want to take positives away from the, the, the Saints game, you can. And if you only want to take negatives away from the Saints game, you can do that too. But why would you do that? There's plenty more that this team can do well, that this team can improve at including and especially Brett Hundley. Having a fully healthy offensive line with some depth, like Jason Spriggs. I know Jason Spriggs is not a great player, but having depth matters. It matters a lot if you're Brett Hundley. All right, we'll be back Monday with a full scouting report for Lions Packers. We'll know, we'll know by then, because it's game day, we'll know by then who's playing and who's not. And so that'll be a perfect opportunity for us to be able to to break down a little bit the matchups, who has the advantages where and when, what to expect Monday night, when to expect it, and we'll talk a little bit about what happened on Sunday and how it relates to the Packers moving forward. Until then, as always, stay locked on Packers.